Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, 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 and welcome, ladybirds and gentle lemurs, to the Human Nature podcast. Here we explore the ups and downs of being Homo sapiens and learn a thing or two on how to be a better animal. My name is Elliot Connor, and I'm at least half elephant, but the star of the show today is none other than Juan. Juan is an entrepreneur, mentor, angel investor, management consultant, and TEDx organizer. It's a privilege to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you. Privilege is mine. Awesome. So, I mean, that's one heck of an introduction uh, that you have. Uh, tell us a bit more about uh, what you've got up to over the past 10 years. Sure. Yeah, so I been doing a lot of things over the last 10 years so as you mentioned the first one will be management consulting so i've been helping companies improve everyday operations and strategy and overall things uh, but over the la- over the last couple of years i've been more inclined to help entrepreneurs and help smaller companies achieve great things and change the world especially i've been focusing on companies that impact Uh, climate change, so companies that are working either in reducing our carbon footprint or uh, improving sustainability. And then I decided to do something for the community, not just for private companies. So that's why I decided to organize this TED event. Awesome. Now, that sounds great. And uh, this TEDx event is the TEDx Countdown, Uh, so uh, we'll be run here in Sydney, uh, just uh, mid-October. So look out for that. And I'll link the uh, details for the tickets in the show notes. Uh, Definitely worth making if you can, uh, but will be streamed online as well, I believe. Yes, so it will be streamed online as well. But So this event is a countdown version, as you mentioned. So it's focused on changing climate change. And we will be sharing nine speakers with amazing ideas on how to do exactly that. So everywhere from what, where you should put your money to the future of food, to the future of sustainability, to what you can do in terms of community to help on this challenge that we are all facing, we will be sharing those. So there is no um, you know, climate change science, because the science is out there and I have been out there for hundreds of years. It's all about actionable ideas on how we can tackle 
this challenge. Awesome. And tell me, so the intention of uh, the TEDx countdown format, uh, which has only recently been launched, is to inspire action, uh, share solutions to the climate issue. Uh, what do you see the future of climate change mitigation to be? Uh, where do you think we're headed in 10 years time, 20 years time uh, with some of these technologies? And uh, do you think we'll reach the goals we need uh, to prevent this tipping point? That's a good question. So if you ask me that same questions, maybe four or three months ago, I would say we would be probably not reaching the goal and it would be a little bit more difficult. But after starting organizing this event and seeing all the things that people are really doing out there, you can you kind of gather the sense that there is only a few people and a few companies that are the ones who are still stuck in the old way of, of contaminating the world. And more and more people, we're changing the way we see it. We're putting the money where we need to put it and we're doing the things the right way. So even though this is a huge challenge, I think there are, we're doing the right steps. And uh, now I feel a lot more hopeful on how the future will look. Great, great. And I hear that the animal you've chosen to speak about on the show as well today is the poison dart frog. So give me some reasoning behind that choice and why you're drawn to the amphibians in particular. Yeah, look, I picked the frog for two reasons. So number one, when you come to Australia, the first thing that anyone tells you is, oh, be careful of all the animals and all the poisonous things that will be really looking out for to killing you and all these things. And it is true that you have a lot of weird things here, but we also have a lot of biodiversity from Colombia, where I'm originally from. And the most poisonous frog in the world is this one, and it's from the Amazon in Colombia. So I don't know, I, I feel that it was a good choice. Awesome, awesome. Now, I love that reasoning of showing that Australia is not the only place with deadly animals, <laughs> something like that. Now, I think that's one of the really interesting things as well, uh, certainly I find in the work I do in terms of the perspectives of people towards other animals. Uh, obviously, here in Australia, there are things which can kill you if you're uh, very incautious about how you move about. Uh, but and for the most part, nature's very, very tame, dare I say. Uh, there's many, many more things that can kill you in a city uh, than uh, in the bush. So, yeah, what's been your perspective, uh, perhaps in your home country and moving to Australia, in terms of how people view this threat from nature? Uh, were you taken up, uh, I guess, by that fear and by that sense of anticipation, uh, knowing how many deadly creatures there are, out there to get you uh, here down under. Yeah, I think there is. that's a thing that both Colombia and Australia share, right? When people think about Colombia, they think about jungle and monkeys and all these things. And yes, we do have that, but it's not in the cities, right? It's more in the forest and in the Amazon, which is far away from the capital cities. Same thing happened in Australia. If you come to Sydney, yes, there is a lot of wildlife around, but very few things will kill you. That's the first thing. Uh, so very few threats from the natural world. I actually enjoy watching the way um, you know, animals make their way through the city. 
I feel it's something really inspiring. And the second thing that I will say is it's more scary in the pictures than what it really is when you are here. So for example, the hunter spiders, it's something that I show to all my friends and they're like, no, something like that exists and could be in your home. No, there's no way I will go live in Australia. And it's like, it's not that bad, actually. Could be a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely get that with the arachnids, of course, uh, things are just that bit more tense. Uh, but of course, Huntsman's completely harmless. So uh, it's much more about the looks, about the fear, about uh, the culture, I think we're brought up in. Uh, which leads uh, to some of his beliefs and us fearing nature in this form. I do animal rescuing here in Sydney, so I get to see all of the wonderful biodiversity uh, that still exists in the city, uh, but still yet to put myself in any serious danger uh, doing so. I don't do the poisonous snakes, uh, but that aside, everything's pretty well harmless. Uh, The closest I've come is a pelican rescue, actually, uh, which uh, the bird wasn't there by the time we arrived, so we weren't able uh, to take it into care. Uh, but that manoeuvre is quite uh, <laughs> interesting. It involves jumping on the pelican from behind, effectively bear-hugging it, and you have to stick a hand in its beak as well, uh, because that's interestingly how it breathes, as you have to keep the airway open, uh, which was probably something you wouldn't think of. Uh, but, yeah... I would imagine that's quite involved as a capture. Uh, most of the others are netting or uh, getting within the animal's uh, range and then uh, grabbing it if you can. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting work. Yeah, I have to say that capturing a pelican sounds really interesting. <laughs> Something like quite a good experience to, to have. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it certainly adds interest, excitement uh, to the day, uh, being called out for all of these various rescues. Uh, but a pelican is one of the more exciting of them, as opposed to like a tawny frogmouth, an owl-type bird, uh, which doesn't actually move a lot, so it's not going to be so good at running away from you. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's been wonderful for me, in being able to appreciate some of the biodiversity here in Sydney and also gain a lot of confidence in handling animals uh, because it's definitely a skill you have to learn. Uh, it's quite involved, as you can imagine. Uh, you j- just mentioned earlier, uh, which uh, I found really interesting in terms of uh, there are dangerous creatures, but you won't encounter them or they don't threaten you, obviously, in cities. I've got an interesting anecdote in terms of an encounter I had with a deadly sea snake, it was, in a hotel room once, there was a, I think it was a coral snake of some description uh, that had entered the room and was uh, by the door. Uh, so it was just resting there, uh, their tidal. So they come in and out uh, with the sea. Uh, but they <laughs> happened to use my hotel as a thoroughfare. Uh, so yeah, I, I later learned actually uh, that it's one of the most poisonous sorry, one of the most venomous snakes uh, that you get, but they're incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Uh, In terms of the amount of venom they have, uh, the difference is their teeth, their fangs, actually aren't strong enough to penetrate human skin in most cases. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see how that works out, that you can have really deadly creatures, uh, but absolutely no threat whatsoever to humans. And the same applies for, of course, many of the snakes where they won't attack you unless they feel threatened. 
I think it's really interesting to put things in perspective in that manner. The poison dart frog is a wonderful example of that. Yeah, truth is, most animals are more scared of you than you are of them. So if you're aware and you are not threatening any animal, you are going to be fine. Yeah, no, very much so. I think that's a really important point to understand. Uh, but moving back into some of uh, your experience, some of your background, uh, which I wanted to dig into further. Uh, obviously, you've spent a lot of time working with startups, uh, smaller uh, groups, uh, companies uh, looking to solve climate change or contribute uh, to that solution. Uh, what have been some of the most interesting or inspiring projects uh, you personally have worked with? Um, good question. Let me think of all the ones. So one that I spent quite a bit of time with would be a solar energy company. So as every other startup, it is challenging to start, but energy, especially here in Australia, is quite a big market and there is a lot of opportunity, especially for renewables. So we have a lot of sun, we have a lot of wind, and we have a lot of all the materials that you need to build, everything you need to build the renewable energy production uh, pieces. So if you wanna build batteries, we have everything here. So there is a huge opportunity, but at the same time, there is a lot of mistrust for solar energy, especially on the residential side of the market. And then you have a lot of competition, but it's competition that is not sophisticated. So you have hundreds and hundreds of companies that are acting like cowboys out there sometimes, and they are just, you know, kind of destroying the customer trust for your product. So it could be quite challenging sometimes. So I act, I joined them and act as a corporate director for a little bit over six months and help them raise the next round of funding, help them uh, develop strategy and clarify where there will be, build a pipeline of, of 14 innovate, innovative products, um, help them determine the commercials for their products up to a point of detail that will convince investors. Uh, I invested my own money as well. Uh, so I'm still catching up with the board and the CEO every once in a while and still helping them. Uh, so that was quite interesting. Uh, it was my first time understanding the energy market. It's a lot more complex than what it looks like on the outside, which is good and it's bad at the same time it's good because it's really interesting and you learn a lot and there is a lot of opportunity but obviously complexity could end up causing trouble in the future so yeah it has its pros and cons uh, that would be one um, working with a couple of companies that are working on reducing single use plastics i'm working with smart smart and sustainable construction uh, so companies that are developing both materials and construction processes and kind of architectural design for buildings, because this is a source of carbon that most people don't think of, but the making of concrete is quite heavy on the footprint or the carbon or the on the carbon footprint. Um, so changing some of those products, uh, not just uh, concrete, but the other 
products that you use uh, or materials that you use on construction. Some of them are highly toxical and very high on the footprint as well. So we're developing together with groups of engineers new products that will replace those. Um, and there is that's the most interesting startup for me always. I'm an engineer uh, by formation, but I'm not really an engineer. So I kind of understand it and I kind of know the math and I know the physics and the chemistry and all that, but I'm not able to develop a product because I haven't do a lot of engineering work for over 10 years. Uh, but I do have other skills like commercialization, um, raising money, and overall management and business experience. So when you have these products that are developed by these super smart people that has no communication experience and they have no way to explaining this product in a way that anyone will purchase it, it's really interesting because you have a lot of opportunity for improvement and you bring great things into the market that will help what that will help humanity overall more than many other companies out there. So yeah, that's you know lot of lots of things, uh, different levels of involvement, but that's in a nutshell more or less what I'm working on right now. Awesome. Uh, it sounds like you keep yourself very busy uh, for sure, uh, but some really interesting projects. That it seems you're working on it's very important, obviously, uh, mitigating climate change with all due haste in whichever ways we can. So, if we can green uh, our energy systems and our uh, construction our materials, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, that would definitely pave the way uh, to a cleaner, greener future, uh, which we'd all love to see. Uh, one thing which did occur to me whilst you were answering that, and over the course of the conversation, actually is what you may see the role of communities as being in the climate change solution. Obviously, TEDx is a wonderful community event. Uh, I can't say the same for poison dart frogs, uh, leading largely solitary lives. Uh, but uh, do you see yourself within a wider context of uh, change makers, as, uh, potential solution finders, uh, as part of that community? Or do you see yourself as working and mostly in isolation? Good question. Look, I don't think a problem or a challenge of this magnitude will be solved by one individual. I do believe we need to form communities and that's what we're doing with TEDx Starlinghurst. So just um, an overall context on this is, yes, the event will happen in a month, but then this event will be repeated next year. Now, hopefully we won't have COVID, which means we will be able to do a big event full day in a park, more like uh, more like the traditional TEDx event. So we're talking about, I don't know, 3,000 attendees or so, and it will be awesome as always. But uh, we're forming this community just to do that. So there are different things that you can do in a community. So if you're forming this kind of thing or you have a non-for-profit or you're you know organizing a clean, uh, cleaning of a beach, just to pick up plastic and then recycle it or whatever you're doing, that will help. Now we also need to come together and express our opinion. So politics uh, start working in favor of climate change. And at the end of the day, there is a different role for a lot of things. So for example, the, the role I see playing 
that explain is not a political role per se. It's just a platform where we express the ideas in the most clean and entertaining and engaging way possible. And the way we achieve that is because these ideas are gifts from the speakers to the community, which means they don't have any political agenda or or commercial agenda or religious agenda at all. So all of them, even though they are CEOs and people who work a lot on on the commercial side, they all come with no agenda and they just want to give away their ideas and their concepts and their thoughts to the people. That's why this is a different thing than what you will find out there. So this is not activism. We're not screaming at the government. We're not doing any of that. We are just sharing the cleanest, most innovative, most innovative ideas that we could find. And it has its own place, right? So we hope to inspire change and spark a change in anyone who listened to any of these conversations and these talks. So that's the way we're doing it. And that's what we're setting up to do in the future on a bigger scale. And that sounds wonderful. I've been part of TEDx events before and to know they're definitely transformational experiences, uh, both as a, as a speaker and as a listener, uh, being part of that network, part of that community, uh, which are built around these events is really, really life-changing. And uh, you mentioned some of the wonderful speakers, some of the wonderful ideas which are shared on this stage and under the TEDx brand. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really, really worth uh, coming along to, uh, hearing some of their thoughts, or if you can't attend in person, and certainly make it online. Uh, it's, it's definitely a platform where the, the future solutions to climate change and to climate issues will be found. Uh, so if, if you're at all interested, uh, then head over to the link in the show description and grab some tickets uh, because as, as uh, Joanna said, uh, they're, they're going fast. Uh, so uh, the event is in mid-October. I, I think we've got time for one last question. So I just wanted to ask you, uh, the idea of TEDx is that you have an idea worth sharing. Uh, this is the TED branding. Uh, this is the overarching theme, I think, of all of these events. If you could make a certain change in the world, if you could be remembered for one short sentence, one thing, what would that be for you? Uh, what's your overarching theory of change? Yeah, that's a very deep question, but I've been thinking about it a lot. So I have the answer right away, which is a surprise. Um, so I think... If we, as human race, understand when enough is enough, we will be able to change everything that is a problem nowadays in the world. When enough is enough for me means when enough money is enough, when enough things are enough, when enough work is enough, when enough everything is enough, right? Like we need to do everything in moderation. And that you know, that will help us change climate change, that will help us change mental illnesses, that will help us change, you know, inequality, that will help us change a lot of the problems in the world if we understand when enough is enough and that we have the power to change all those things. So that will be my phrase.
a little bit long, but I think short enough, hopefully. No, very well put. Uh, very well put. And knowing when enough is enough. I think that is the solution uh, to the climate crisis. If we can uh, really reflect critically on our actions and work out how we can live in uh, a more stable equilibrium uh, with nature, uh, using those resources, uh, but also restoring and maintaining them. Uh, so I think you put it very well in that answer. Uh, Yuan, it has been a pleasure uh, speaking with you today on the Human Nature Cast. I'm sure all of our listeners have enjoyed. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with another episode of Human Nature. Until then, stay safe and do try and be a better animal. Thank you all and goodbye. There are people on Earth working tirelessly to protect gorillas, arctic foxes, and even frogs, but who is out there dedicating their time to conserve the people who are fighting for our natural planet? Hi, my name is Jessie, and I'm the founder of Lonely Conservationist. I consider myself to be a conservationist conservationist and dedicate most of my time helping those who protect our natural wildlife and ecosystems. I just released a brand new book called How to Conserve Conservationists, which allows people to delve into the life of a conservationist and what we can do to help them along their journeys. The book explores topics like mental health, imposter syndrome, and even relationships, and gives some advice to help the conservationists in your life. If you're a conservationist yourself, it's time to give yourself some self-care, and the book will help you through this as well. The book is available wherever you get your books in both ebook or paperback format and is the perfect field guide for you to learn how to save the people who are saving our natural planet. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.